Hello everyone and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is November 10th, 2016. Today I'm joined by my regular co-host, Dr. Nancy Snow. Nancy? Hi, how are you? Dr. Nancy Snow is at Kyoto University of Foreign Studies. I'm also joined by Michael Chuchek. Michael Chuchek is adjunct professor at Waseda University and at Temple University in Japan. Also, once again, we have the pleasure of having Glenn Fukushima on the show today. Thank you, Glenn. Good to be here. Glenn is with the Center for American Progress, and what an epical 24 hours we have had. Glenn, you're watching this too. Right. Lots of things are going up in the air. A lot of predictions have come out to be false, mm -hmm. and the predictions that have been made even in the foreign ministry has caused a little bit of confusion, don't you think? Well, I think most people in Japan uh, and also in the United States uh, thought that um, Hillary Clinton was going to win. Mm -hmm. So I think many people were surprised, and I think... Uh, Many, I've only been here for a few days, but I get the impression here that, as well that many people were caught off guard. Right. The reactions here in Tokyo, I mean, they're just coming to the fore. The Dow took a hit. Also, the Nikkei took a hit. Michael, you're watching that as well? In that, the, the, the Nikkei went down yesterday. What it's going to do in, return, in regards to the fact that the Dow went up, for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, but uh, the uh, yen also soared yesterday in value as Japan is a reserve currency and the unrest and instability that's been caused by this unexpected victory has uh, caused a lot of consternation in the markets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Snow. Wow. What does this have to do with the branding of, of the Trump presidency? Uh, I'm actually quite excited about what has happened because I want to uh, mention the uh, speeches first by President-elect Trump. Uh, he was probably his most presidential uh, mm -hmm. that we've seen in his rhetoric followed by then Hillary Clinton. I stayed up and watched it when she gave her concession speech, and it was perhaps the speech of her life. And it's interesting in defeat how this type of richness comes to the fore. She showed more emotion than people had seen in a while. And then the topper for me, I was never more proud of President Obama, mm -hmm. who said we have to come together as a country. I would like to see that. I don't expect it. The country will remain very divided. But in terms of America's image in the world, it was one that I hope people will hold on to and go back to. Those three in succession, look at those speeches. Mm -hmm. Well, the reactions in the United States aren't really reflected with what we experience here in Japan. And we've got basically two kind of audiences. We've got the purely Japanese audience and we have the foreign community here. And my sense is that the foreign community here was largely leaning towards uh, Hillary Clinton. Wouldn't you agree with that, Glenn? That's my impression. Uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of people who are involved in international affairs uh, have thought because Hillary Clinton's experience in the State Department and so forth that she was uh, more perhaps qualified to be president. Mm -hmm. The Japanese, don't they tend to prefer a Republican uh, administration than a Democratic one? I think uh, traditionally since the 1980s that's been true. Mm -hmm. so it's really been my observation. But I think that uh, this year it's an exception because I think that the that Donald Trump really doesn't represent the kind of mainstream Republicans uh, that the Japanese are used to. In fact, many of the mainstream Republicans Japanese are used to have come out publicly supporting Hillary Clinton or publicly saying that they couldn't support Donald Trump. So I think there are very few people uh, around Trump who are known in Japan. Mm. It's a uh, whole new ball of wax, isn't it? And And it seems to me that a lot of people who were supporting Trump just kept their mouths shut. They, they didn't really campaign for him or get in, you know, ballroom fights on his behalf. 
and they let the the Clinton um, uh, campaign kind of weigh the the discussions. And my sense is, I don't know if if you agree with it, but that um, Tokyo was largely Democratic leaning. Oh yeah, sure. Actually, um, not that I'm a Trump supporter per se, but last week the Japan Times ran a lengthy piece, and it was sort of a funny tongue in cheek about trying to find any Trump supporters in Japan. Oh, that's right. And I was contacted by that reporter because um, I could see the value in a Trump presidency. Where are they? (laughs) And I told him that I had not voted for Trump, but that nevertheless I would live with the outcome of what the American people wanted because that's the, the democratic process. Now, he didn't go with me. He ended up saying he really couldn't find any women who would actually stand in support of Trump because of the women issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I really, I, I think that we might be a bit surprised at how he is as president. Now, um, maybe I have alternative media sources, but this groundswell of support um, is there and he's got to be accountable now to the American people as a whole. And back to his speech, he said, I wanna work with everybody. So it's very interesting It reminded me of the John McCain of 2000, who was very inclusive and said, I want to hear from and receive support from people across the political spectrum. Now, whether or not they will show and support him is another story. But I I would work for Trump. I would work in his administration, hands down, in a second. Yes. And the reason being because he's going to need mediators. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with people my entire life from across the the political divide. And that was a strength of Hillary Clinton, by the way, as a senator from New York. Uh, that's where she really was shining at, at that time in her in her uh, political career. And it'll be interesting to see what she goes on to next, right. uh, whether it will be with the Clinton Foundation or something else. But mm-hmm. um, I really felt like I wish I had seen that Hillary Clinton earlier when she gave her concession speech. She didn't connect emotionally with the voters the way that Trump was able to. Right. But what is he going to do in terms of his relations with the rest of the world? Honestly, the entire foreign policy community was against him. And that's including the Republican side. Longtime Republicans all came out, especially the Asia specialists, whom have been cultivated by the Japanese. They, there is a very, very close financial relationship mm-hmm. between the associations and, and the uh, think tanks that specialize in Asia and the Japanese government. And all of those people turned against Trump. Sure. And at that point, who is he going to have giving him right. advice? How is the government here going to respond? I mean, it's, it's absolutely, this, is, this has absolutely shattered the basic premises of Japanese policy. Japanese policy is always based on the idea the United States will always be there to back us up at the end of the game. Right. But it, that's no longer in play. I according, according to what Mr. Trump has said and according to what his supporters want, and he must answer to his supporters. Okay. He is not the president for the entire United States. That's bullshit. Okay, okay. Michael. That's wrong. Calm down. He is. No, I'm sorry. He is not. This is on fire. Right? Okay, he's hashtag not my president. He's not uh, hashtag my president because I don't trust the means by which he was elected, Okay. There oh, you is, think it was rigged? There is, there, no, but there is involvement by the Russian government that is undeniable, both in terms of infiltrating the, the Democratic Party's various offices, including the election committee of 
the, the now defeated candidate, there is also a very clear evidence that the that there are hundreds of bots that are operated by Russians or out by persons allied with Russian intelligence that have been filling the internet with messages. Now, that's possibly why there is no connection between the elite normal media, not a, you know, no major newspaper came out in favor of Trump. Of course no not. No major magazine. Of course they not. They are completely nothing. biased. They are not Trump. completely biased. They are indeed trying to do their jobs. That's not bias. That's your job. What, media where have the, no credibility. Media have no credibility is, is, is the uh, talk of someone who no longer believes in the elites and who, who, who follows whatever they find on the Internet. And that is a dangerous thing because that is not filtered. And that is a, completely open. It's a part of America that heretofore has never been defended. And it can't be defended because there is no way to stop the flood of misinformation, malinformation, or simple lies that can come through and it becomes a truth for a person who is otherwise alienated and does not have some kind of elite to look up to. And you know what? That's the United States of America who just elected President Trump. And the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, the New York Times, they all came out against him. He became a monster. He he became a Hitler. How well did that work out for them? They are eating crow today. And I've been hearing from journalists, and I'm not going to name names, but they said, we were biased, and we didn't do our jobs, and we have to take account for that now. So Yes, was I looking at InfoWars and Breitbart and Drudge Report? Drudge Report is a collection of links to many sources, not just people scrambling sort of beneath the subway in New York City. You're so dismissive of the American people, and I don't appreciate that whatsoever. The people have voted. President Obama said the people have voted. Hillary Clinton said the people have made their choice. And I'm coming behind them because for the good of the country, we have to go forward now and support the person we have in place. Mm-hmm. Now the, What's the a, alternative? The alternative is resistance at all levels. There is no, you Okay, have, so you're we, going to protest outside Trump Towers. Let them go Well, ahead. that's what we thought would happen yeah. if Hillary won, that there would be a, sure. a huge backlash and people would be showing up at the White House carrying arms. That's the American way, right? <laughs> it's not the American way. And the thing is, is it, that... The old Ian Fleming rule was uh, once is an incident, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. In this case, we have the Brexit situation. We have the uh, victory of right-wing parties uh, in the German elections. In every case, there has been found evidence of Russian interference. If you're willing to have a pro-Russian candidate as your president, fine, I'm not. Mm. And I don't think that the people here in Tokyo are fools about this. I think that the people here in Tokyo are very careful and know that their relationship with the entire world has changed and that the United States is not there to back them up. What do you think, Glenn? Well, it's difficult to know what a Trump administration is going to be because it's so difficult to figure out what he really believes and what he will really do. I mean, he says he'll build a wall, prevent Mexicans from immigrating to the United States. Well, okay, so is he, is that top, I mean, is he actually going to do this? If it, and is he going to try to do it? And if he does try to do it, 
Is it going to be successful? I mean, there is Congress, right. there is the media, there is the business community, there are all kinds of organizations that may right. try to restrict his ability to do that. But I mean, there's a there's, he said so many things, and and so you know, who, who do you believe? Do you believe the guy who says that all Muslims should not be, no Muslim should be uh, allowed to come to the United States? Is you or you believe this guy who says that because a uh, a judge. Uh, is of Mexican ancestry. He's, he was born in Illinois, Indiana, but he was, his parents were from Mexico. Therefore, uh, he can't be a neutral judge. Uh, I mean, he said so many things. It's it's really hard to know what a Trump administration is mm-hmm. going to do. I mean, Japan, for instance. I mean, he said, you know, they've got to pay up. So how much, more, how much more money do they have to pay? Uh, he's also said, you know, if hey, look, North Korea has nuclear weapons, you know, if South Korea, Japan want to have nuclear weapons, you know, well, you know, maybe that's better, he said. I mean, so is he actually going to encourage Japan to have nuclear weapons. Nobody knows. Right. So there is a lot of uncertainty, yeah. I think. Well, obviously, he touched a chord in the American public. And I think the biggest loser here is the contemporary American media machine. Sure, yeah. it is. I think that they've lost a lot of credibility. They've got lots of explaining to do. And nobody really predicted. I mean, even here in Japan, smart people who whose job it is to, to look at this and study it and and predict what's going to happen in the foreign ministry or in the, even in the prime minister's residence, got it wrong. And maybe they were basing their analysis on different kinds of media that they were getting, contemporary media, internet media, but it seems like... Um, well, you all President are just elect. intellectualizing about this, and you're forgetting, again, the emotional connection that he made with people. And Michael and I are going to disagree, and we'll continue to disagree mm-hmm. about Trump. But um, I had members of my family support Trump, and I don't think that they are racist and bigoted. They had uh, concerns about illegal immigration. They wanted restrictions on that. And by the way, so did many of those Hispanic voters who voted for Trump. They also want people to come in legally as opposed to crossing the border. I've been along the U.S.-Mexico border. I've ridden with Border Patrol, and it is people coming back over and over again, many of them who lose their lives. And, of course, they're attracted to the American dream. But I think what people responded to emotionally was this sense of uh, making America strong, making America great. It sounds very simplistic. Mm -hmm. But this is America. This is metal shortcuts and all of those op-eds against Trump and all of the writings in the New York Times, it failed to put Hillary Clinton in the White House for whatever reason. We are not as intellectual Mm. in the United States as maybe we pretend to be. Not everybody goes to Harvard and Georgetown. Not everybody is a Japan hand. Not everybody can see from the top and look down. I saw from the bottom and I looked up and I thought Trump was going to win. I thought he was going to win the popular vote and I thought he was going to lose the electoral. Yeah. And it turned out to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the, the remark by Hillary Clinton about the deplorables, um, I thought that was it. And then when the Access Hollywood video uh, was released, it, it was a awful election in many respects. But again, the decision has been made. And mm-hmm. now to see people say never, never again, it's really disheartening to me because I want the country to come together. Mm-hmm. I am such a patriot about the United States. And I think U.S.-Japan relations will be just fine. I don't think we get so focused on Trump and we forget that there are going to be thousands, if not millions of people coming out of the closet saying he was always a good man. I'll work mm-hmm. for that guy. 
all of a sudden he's going to have a lot of people in his court because everybody loves him. Especially elites. This is the first time in American history that no member of the elite came out for him. The elites of, of okay, journalism. You might have Fox News, okay, on your side, but otherwise, the 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 literate, studious, uh, high level people all went for Hillary Clinton. And it was irrespective of party affiliation. Mm-hmm. What is he going to fill his cabinet with? You, you're saying oh, they're, they're the people, the salt of the earth, whatever. Well, unfortunately, these are technical and specialist. I, these, are, these are not something you can just pick up by sitting in an office and say, uh, uh, well, I'll just pick up a briefing paper and I'll become an expert at it. The, you need experts who have been working in something in the for, past. for years and years and years. And we had ex- experts also running the uh, policy toward Vietnam. I mean, we've had a lot of experts in our history and how well is Group that Think is another issue entirely. Oh, that's fine. You can talk about the mistakes. The war. Mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. But nevertheless, never in before in American history has there ever been an incoming cabinet where there is no one who is a specialist in anything. I well, just can't we have say to wait that. I can see, say that with don't some confidence. Yes. I mean, we don't know. I can say that with some confidence. And again, maybe Glenn we're, we're knows, in Glenn day knows, one Glenn of trying to really reconcile right. with this outcome. No, maybe Glenn knows people who will work in this administration. I would like to see Glenn. Well, you know, I think that there there are. Um, I mean, he has you know Newt Gingrich and Jeff Sessions and uh, Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie and these people who have been supporting him who um, apparently will. You know, be in some positions to to advise him, and then, um, but I mean, I, I do agree with you. I mean, this is the first time uh, I think in uh, the last decades <laughs> that as someone who doesn't didn't have a Washington experience or didn't have experience in government is coming in. I think Dwight Eisenhower is the last person who was not a political person who came into government, but at least he had some Washington experience, having you know been a general and so forth. So it it, it will be interesting to see whether he can uh, President Trump will be able to do things based on his experience as a business person and bringing that to Washington. Right. Because he's going to have to deal with Congress. He's going to have to deal with the whole bureaucracy. And, uh, and so, you know, I think, I don't think any of us really knows uh, what he actually is going to do. You know, I mean, he said so many different things. Um, and, uh, you know, to what extent he's going to actually try to do them and how successful he will be in accomplishing them is um, still, I think, really open to question. A dramatic shift in American politics. As the dust settles, we'll continue to report on this to you. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Donald Trump is the president-elect. He has a transition period of 10 weeks before he actually takes office. A lot can happen in 10 weeks. Glenn, do you think they will be prying off the W's from the uh, computer Keyboards? (laughs) Keyboards? <laughs> well, during this 10-week period, um, there are 4,000 new people who come into the government in senior levels. And of the 4,000, almost 1,000 require Senate confirmation. So the Cabinet Secretary, Deputy Secretary, Undersecretary, Assistant Secretary, and the Ambassadors. So this is going to be a time-consuming process. Most of the Cabinet officers will be selected, hopefully, in November and December. So by the time January 20th comes around, the Inauguration Day, they will be in place. But then that the others, fast. it's going to take time. And I think especially... You know, if it had been a Hillary Clinton administration, because it would be from a Democratic to Democratic administration, mm-hmm. also since Hillary Clinton spent four years in the, in the as state secretary in the first Obama administration, I think it would have been a smooth transition. A and, and also because she's experienced in 1992-93 the transition of her husband. 
taking over from a, from a, re, a Republican uh, administration. But this time, because it is from a Democratic to Republican administration, and even the Republican administration isn't quite the mainstream Republican administration, and it's someone who's coming in from the outside, with a lot of his people probably also coming in from the outside, from the business community, for instance, I think it'll be quite a tumultuous period. Mm -hmm. I think it'll take time, and I think it will be... There'll be lots, lots of speculation, lots of ups and downs, and I think probably it'll take until spring or maybe summer for the senior positions to be filled. What was the transition period from the last time there was a Republican president to a Democratic president for an ambassador to be passed through Senate confirmation? How, Actually, how long did that take? I, I recently wrote an article about that included this issue, and uh, in uh, the recent past, um, the most, the earliest presentation of credentials to the emperor by the new U.S. ambassador was Tom Schieffer. That was in April of 2001 in the first Bush administration. Or sorry, the second, it was Howard Baker in the first Bush administration. So second Bush administration was Tom Schieffer. That was um, 2000, uh, was it seven, uh, 2005, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So that's the earliest. August, uh, April is the earliest. The latest was Tom Foley in 1997 in the second Clinton administration, which was uh, towards the end of November. Of 97. So the time the Mondale left as ambassador in the first Clinton administration was uh, December of 96, right after the re-election of Bill Clinton. It was almost one year before Foley uh, arrived. Uh, Caroline Kennedy, the current ambassador, presented her credentials to the emperor in early November of 2013. 2013. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, so somewhere between April and November is when, and I think the average is around August. John Roos was August of uh, 2009. That's a long time to wait. Well, it's a long time to wait, but then again, the DCM, the Deputy uh, Chief of Mission, um, generally does a, a really right. good job, uh, and, and it's a, a career bureaucrat. Uh, the question is lower down in terms of commitment, I think, in terms of, uh, everyone talks about everyone doing their duty, but it's going to be very, very difficult to know what your duty is for many, many months under the, mm -hmm. the first months of the uh, new administration. That a lot of the assumptions that have undergirded uh, the Japanese-U.S. relationship uh, are no longer essentially valid. And certainly even a conservative group like the, the LDP and Mr. Abe's version of it had absolutely no chips on Trump. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have zero, nothing to go for. And that's, that is also for the first time in, in, in known history. Uh, up until now, they've always talked about the Chrysanthemum Club in the United States, a group of, of senior either officials or former officials who are close to Japan. There's nothing now. They're, they're, the Chrysanthemum Club has no members in the Trump camp, and Trump people will have to reach out outside their comfort zone to get specialists on Japan, and they may not want to. I don't know. How true is that, Glenn? Because uh, Japan hands, there are thousands of Japan hands, and perhaps like a lot of American voters, um, may, yes, okay, maybe maybe well, not thousands. You I, know, in Washington, um, I'd say that uh, the number of people who work in the government who are knowledgeable about Japan, I mean, by knowledgeable about Japan, I mean people who've actually lived in Japan, speak and read Japanese, is very few, mm -hmm. I think. Um, if you think about the think tank community and, and university community, th there are quite a few people with that background, but... As Michael said, I'm not aware that any of those people uh, had any anything to do with uh, Donald Trump's um, group uh, supporting him in the campaign. In fact, you know, there are several people, prominent people, who 
publicly distanced themselves, saying that they couldn't support Trump or that they would support Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. So I think Michael is right in saying that there are few, if any, people with uh, uh, deep experience and knowledge about Japan who are in the Trump team. Um, so, but I mean, that doesn't mean that some of those people will now change their mind and say that, uh, as Nancy said, that uh, it is it is the U.S. Uh, it is the will of the people to have mm -hmm. Trump as the president, and therefore they would like to serve the president uh, in that capacity. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable that some of these people decide that they want sure. to change their mind. People well, want positions of prestige and, and influence. What you all are forgetting is, and I'm not talking to Glenn, I'm talking to you two. I worked for the U.S. government before Bill Clinton was elected. I came in in October 92. Bill Clinton was elected next month. I mean, the, the next month. We are nonpartisan when you get an appointment. I was a presidential management fellow, and we are not allowed to campaign or mm -hmm. to wear any recognizable sort of show our partisan colors. When Bill Clinton was elected the next day, there were parties all over the U.S. Information Agency. I mean, people were thrilled because the workaday civil servants in Washington are generally democratically leaning. So uh, there is this kind of continuity there, though, of working whoever gets brought to the dance, whether mm -hmm. it's Republican or Democrat. And I have faith in those people in Washington to get back to work and to do the work of the American people. We were called public servants. Sure. I took that very seriously. And that's why I say we're going to need these mediators. We're going to see a lot of people who, the hidden voters who voted for Trump, we're going to see the hidden diplomats, the hidden uh, uh, bureaucrats in Washington who say, I'm going to get behind this presidency. And again, I go back to what President Obama was saying. He said, I was, he really acknowledged when the George W. Bush team was leaving and how smoothly that transition went. And he said, I expect the same here. I've already notified my staff and we will help them. And he acknowledged that this was a little bit of a different type transition. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be a, a giggle for quite a while to, to have this, uh, former, uh, head of the apprentice and this celebrity <laughs> for decades now become president. So, he will be entertainer-in-chief. He will be commander-in-chief. He will wear a lot of hats, hopefully not the MAGA hat anymore. But um, I, I still, I, I have a faith renewed by what has happened here because I'm just so, so moved by the reaction by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Okay. I know it was devastating. But there is a bit of trepidation here. I hope you can appreciate that. People generally say that the president really doesn't control and can't manage too much. I mean, his influence over the, the entire penelope of, of what a president is supposed to do and how, how he moves the, the country is relatively small. But the people that he appoints does. And in fact, the Georgetown real estate community depends on this transition of, of new people coming in. And so at the lower levels, I mean, the secretary of state, not a lower level, the secretary of state and the ambassador for the post here in, in Tokyo I think it carries tremendous weight, and yeah, there is cause for concern. Well, there's always been, with every administration, Japanese newspapers immediately start speculating who's going to be the new ambassador, and will there be enough Japan hands in the staff at the State Department and in the policy-making body at the, minister, at, uh, at the DOD, mm -hmm. at, at the Defense Department. And generally, 
uh, Japan has been very happy that these various uh, groups or persons that they've been supporting for many, many years uh, are recruited into the government. That isn't available to Japan now. And it's the government of Japan is walking into the darkness here. Mm -hmm. It has never had an administration where it did not coming in, where it had nobody in the in in the inbox, that it had no friends in what could be an an administration. That it's completely in the dark. And Japan has invested a tremendous amount. You came here on an Abe Fellowship. Mm -hmm. That's all a part of a greater sure. effort in public diplomacy that Japan has done in order to cultivate a set of individuals who are ready to come into American government and see Japan's point of view. That's why I'm ready. That's mm -hmm. what the thing is. <laughs> when that happens is they are not, they don't, may don't, I don't think Donald Trump knows you. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Might surprise you. Okay, he okay. should maybe be the new investor. I'll <laughs> <Yeah>. help. <laughs> the team knows me. Okay, what we've been in this transition before, though. I think that's what you're alluding Not to, Michael. Trump, say, <laughs> I think that's what you're alluding to. We've been in this transition before, where. Almost uh, the, not the entire, but uh, a huge portion of the senior staff in the U.S. Embassy in Tokyo is moved out and we get a new, a new group in. And, you know, the, the fellows that are the go-to, the, the fellows who have been in, in a Tokyo posting several times, like Jason Hyland, he's been here several times. He is a solid figure in, in the There's the continuity there. There's yeah, continuity sure. there. Yeah. But when this transition comes through... Um, certainly Caroline Kennedy is not going to be there. Jason probably won't be. Mm -hmm. There will be a, a completely new new crew in, and that's that's the cause for... What's wrong with that? What's wrong oh, no, with I think a little that's... shake, rattle, and stir? It's I good. don't see that necessarily as darkness. I see that as opportunity. We're going to be talking about some new names and faces, and maybe that's exactly what U.S.-Japan relations Oh, no, I, right I agree now. with you. For public policy professionals doing business in, in Japan, I think it's it's a, a windfall. I think there will be a lot of consternation. There will be a lot of indecision. People won't know what to do or who, who to talk to. And so I think it'll be a, a, a bumper year for you know public policy analysts and people who are doing that sort of business here within the Japan-U.S. relationship. I mean, in a way, Trump made Japan more important than ever, didn't he, in the debates? Maybe they didn't like what he was saying, but Shinzo Abe very quickly stepped up and congratulated uh, mm -hmm. President Trump. He did a little twirl, and uh, I think and I heard this morning that he's going on the 18th to uh, to Washington to meet right. with uh, Trump. Isn't this something? <laughs> Initially, he reported that he was going to be meeting the new President Clinton, and he he's had to change that uh, oh. on the fly. Okay. Well, he so did I, meet with Clinton. He did in, in New York, yes. right. yeah. Yeah. The UN. Um, but a lot of things are are angling and. We don't know actually how they're angling, but it's it's the transition. I think that we've got a, a brief period of time, and he will be president uh, very quickly. One positive way to look at it is that you know maybe actually Shinzo Abe and Donald Trump may actually get along pretty well. You know, I mean, there's you know they they both like Putin, for instance. Sure. You know, exactly. there, there's you know there there may be some commonalities a there. You know, romance, maybe. <laughs> well, you never know. Ten weeks transition for Donald Trump to get his team together. We're very curious about what that will look like. Please stay tuned. We will report to you as it comes available to us. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. With President-elect Donald Trump now holding the reins of power, it is curious to see what will happen with the U.S.-Japan relations. There are a couple of issues that are kind of teetering. Glenn, what do you think the hot buttons are? 
Well, I think the immediate issues are TPP and uh, Okinawa. And on TPP, uh, Donald Trump has said throughout the campaign that he's against it. He thinks it's a terrible agreement, that it uh, harms American workers, that uh, if he becomes president, he will tear it up. So um, either he will uh, withdraw it from the Congress and, and basically scrap it, or he may decide to totally renegotiate it. That's what he said that on several occasions as well. So, so that's why it's interesting. You know, Easier who, said than done. And yeah, it is. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see who he nominates to be the U.S. trade representative, because that person will be the point person on TPP. Mm -hmm. So uh, TPP is one issue, and then the other issue is Okinawa. And on that, it'll be a, kind of a, actually a test of what Donald Trump's administration's policy with Japan will be on the defense side. Right. Does he put his money where his mouth is? Yeah. So in, in terms of whether he puts his money or the Japanese money <laughs> where the mouth is, and, and to mm -hmm. what extent he wants to have U.S. forces in Okinawa, and, and what their roles and missions will be, and whether that whether the Japanese side agrees with that or not. So it'll, it'll be an interesting kind of a test, initial test of what, what is Donald Trump's real security policy with regard to Japan. Two real huge bones of contention, TPP and Okinawa. We talk about TPP and Okinawa frequently on this show. And I wonder if the United States pulls back from TPP, where that leaves the prime minister. Hmm. I really don't know. Maybe I should throw that one to... Uh... Well, I was actually curious about the role of Congress here because we have a now Republican-controlled Senate and Republican-controlled House. And at one time we were thinking that that would switch. So mm -hmm. it's read across the board. Uh, in my thoughts moving forward, I, I could see an interest in Japan really rise in Japanese language studies and Japan studies in Northeast Asia, Southeast Asia because of what Trump has put on the table that will scare people into wanting to brush up on their public policy and their regional uh, studies uh, in, this, in this part of the world. So will then members of Congress, will there be more delegations coming over here? It would be, uh, I, I wonder sometimes if, if part of having this set hand, Japan mm -hmm. hands, if that kind of led to this plateau effect or sort of okay, it's the same faces, it's the same people we always hear from. And if you have some new people really looking at TPP, maybe renegotiating it, perhaps we could have a better deal. Right. I mean, it, it's dead for now. I don't see it as dead altogether. But remember the way that Trump talks. I gave a talk on this at Temple in May. His persuasion and propaganda is always extreme, but he pulls right, it back right. in. So you have to expect this, that he's going to be pulling it back in because he's now president. Mm -hmm. He's about to take the oath of office. Right. So, of course, uh, the, I don't know what's going to happen to his Twitter feed, <laughs> um, but it, it's just it, people are going to say, what has happened to this man? Mm. He's, he's altogether different. But I think he's smart enough now to get smart people around him. So I'm going to play the optimist around right. the table today. Well, clearly there's a paradigm shift that's going on. He strikes me as being more of a bilateral than a multilateral kind of person. He would prefer business. probably... Yes, business, one-on-one, sure. -on -one, right. instead of this, this conglomeration of, of trade deals. But I think uh, the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Abe, is going to go forward with TPP. It makes sense for the Japanese. Um, who knows what's going to happen with... The Chinese, for example, if the United States pulls back. Well, if the United States pulls back from TPP, the only thing that's on the table is RCEP, the uh, the Regional Cooperation 
agreement that's dominated by China. And that's something that uh, folks in Washington are going to have to get used to. Mm -hmm. And that uh, American influence, by simply by electing Trump, American influence in this region of the world has plummeted. And it's not going to be fought back, it's not going to be clawed back by any kind of ambassador. It, if the person at the top does not have a faith, either in the intellectual capacities of the people who have been managing this relationship for so long, or in some intellectual capacities at all, uh, I cannot tell you how much that is going to sure. affect what's going to happen here. I mean, what's going to happen here is that what, in, Kas in Kasumigaseki and, and in the Kante, inside the Prime Minister's residence, they're going to have to think about a more unilateral Japan working on its own to defend itself. It'll have to think about a higher defense spending. It will have to think about a more, uh, an even more liberated uh, SDF than under the new security legislation. All these things are now on the table, which they never wanted to be on the table. They, in fact, were talking back the revision of the Constitution in Article 9. They were they're trying to ease off that this, this fall, mm -hmm. and they were trying to not confront that issue. That issue has been slapped in their faces. The security of Japan is now in question. Sure. Well, hasn't the Prime Minister kind of been preparing for that? He and Nippon Kaigi and wanting Japan to be more like it was before the war? Well, as Dr. Snow says, there's a difference between talk and action. Mm -hmm. And whereas... Uh, especially people in, in academia like myself, uh, have uh, raised red flags perhaps way too often about the activities of Nippon Kaigi and about their radicalism. It's nothing as compared to what actually might be necessary to secure Japan's security when the United right. States is not right. reliable. Right. And the United States, as of two days ago, is no longer reliable. And that's something that's going to take a long time for the people here in Tokyo to absorb. Now, we'll have to wait and see because Donald Trump at all the rallies talked about rebuilding mm -hmm. the U.S. military and taking care of our veterans and really emphasizing national security. So I'm not so sure about uh, all of this dramatic action that's going to take place. And I also think U.S. influence in this part of the world is going to be bigger than ever because he is going to be a magnetic personality to a lot of foreign leaders. China was very quick to congratulate mm -hmm. President-elect Trump. I think they were the first. So China feels like it can work with this new administration. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the Okinawa issue has been a long-standing bone of contention. And coming in and making just a couple of tweaks, I think, would generate a lot of benefit for the president, for mm -hmm. the president-elect, and also for the Japanese-U.S. relationship. I'd have to toss that to... to, to, to but I think he can do that. I think mm -hmm. he will do that. Do it without, I mean, with grace? Sure. What do you think, Glenn? Well, you know, I think one of the reasons that China welcomes uh, President Trump is they, they think that he's a businessman and a, a pragmatic and therefore uh, will uh, basically base his decisions on uh, uh, economic, economic benefit. Uh, factors mm -hmm. and that he's not um, <clears throat> ideological. He doesn't have principles, uh, whereas I think the Chinese believe, probably rightly, that Hillary Clinton is someone who does believe in human rights, does, does believe in women's rights, and uh, therefore is likely to be more difficult to deal with uh, as opposed to a more business-friendly, pragmatic Donald Trump. Predictable. Uh, well, but here's the thing. The thing that's interesting about Donald Trump is that he's repeatedly said, the problem with America is America is too predictable. 
And so the way he thinks, I, I think, based on his speeches and his writings, is that if you're a businessman and you want to negotiate a deal, you don't show all your cards on the, on the table because, you know, if you do so, then the other guy's going to take advantage of you. So you have to always be unpredictable, always keep the other guy guessing mm -hmm. as to what you're, what you're going to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how we translate this into alliance relationships because an alliance <laughs> fundamentally assumes that you have to be able to rely on your partner to be reliable and predictable. But mm -hmm. he's saying that that's not a good thing. No, it's reliable so, and predictable in the 20th century and the first part of the 21st. Whereas in the 19th century, alliances were very fluid and based entirely on national interest. As uh, Lord Gladstone said, England doesn't have friends and enemies. We have a national, enduring national interests. And that's the line of thought that I think Donald Trump will bring to it. Sure. The, the United States so, has its national interest. Which, sure. So that the, the alliance structure that has existed, which is based on the thought that you're my buddy and you'll be have my back. You know, we're in the Marine Corps together. Mm -hmm. No. Hi, I'm your friend, but you know, tomorrow, maybe not. And that's going to, that is a really mm -hmm. radical mm -hmm. revisiting yes, yes, right, right. of, of the of So the it makes it difficult thing. to, for Japan to plan with certainty. And therefore they have to probably plan with the, uh, in the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Well, the worst case scenario involves, I think, the Senkaku Islands. The, uh, President Obama, speaking to the Yomiuri Shinbun, guaranteed that Article the US, that the Article Five applies yep. in the case of a anyone. We will be there. We will be there for you to defend the, the Senkakus. Mm -hmm. I would really be very surprised to see a Donald Trump statement of that nature. And so, what will that imply for Japan? And what will that imply for Japan is that Japan will have to defend Kiss those. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean by worst yeah. case scenario. This is a yeah. worst case scenario yeah. because. It is a matter of principle for the Japanese, and it is a matter of self-defense and territoriality, even though, yes, they're not worth fighting a war for. Wars start for even less than that. Sure. Time for some studies here in Japan <laughs> and risk-taking, entrepreneurship, and uh, creativity and critical thinking. All of these uh, classes will come to the fore now with the Trump administration. So this is a time to amp it up and for independent minds to prevail. I agree. A new ball of wax, America First, the presidency of Donald Trump. We are going to continue to watch this and report it to you, what this means to the U.S.-Japan relationship and Japan in Asia. Stay tuned.